When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 13 days and counting. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a bonus All Hallows Eve episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I'm your host, Keith better known as the radio show nerd and tonight I am featuring two lesser known but as I like to say equally entertaining radio shows that were not a part of the golden age of radio era so without further ado this is Terror Radio the two series highlighted tonight are Macabre and Nightfall. Now a quick rundown on both shows. Macabre was a horror series that ran from 1961 to 1962. Only nine episodes were produced and there are eight that are available. It was created by writer, producer, and sometimes radio actor William Verdier for their for the Armed Forces Radio and Television Service, or the AFRTS. Now, this was very much of an independent and low-budget production, but I still think the stories are pretty eerie, if you will. The radio play tonight is entitled Weekend, and it was first broadcasted on November 11th, 1961. Following that, we have Nightfall. And this was a Canadian drama slash horror series that ran from July 4th, 1980 and concluded on May 13th, 1983. It was created by producer Bill Howell and it was considered to be one of the more popular shows on the CBC radio, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The radio play tonight is entitled Lazarus Rising, and it is a, I can't even describe it, but it's a good one, but it's different. Now, this first broadcasted on November 12th, 1982. So, you all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Weekend, followed by Lazarus Rising. He lives in a spectrum of the universe. When he ventures beyond this limit, he is in the unknown, a realm where strange forces are brought into play, 
when man attempts to misuse these forces. He is sometimes destroyed. This is Macabre. The Far East Network presents, in special performance, Macabre. Tonight's story, Weekend. I can hardly stand to think about it. Such a horrible nightmare. Keep telling myself, maybe it'll help to talk. Try to remember. Put the pieces back together again. But the horror and the terror will never go away. The dead cannot come back. It all began, I, I believe, about two weeks ago. The night of the medical student's graduation party. Fell at the home of my fiancée, Gloria Dubonet. Ray Stapleton, John Tyler, Gloria and I were the honor guests. Also, our instructor, the well-known experimental scientist, Dr. Peter Tortano. Tortano and I didn't exactly get along. He suspected I knew too much about the Gaylord case, which connected him with experiments on a hidden island. Also, his unusual interest in Gloria was apparent to me, if to no one else, and formed a further basis for a strong mutual dislike. Tortano didn't think that I qualified as a medical student, but he had to admit I'd passed the exam, so here I was. The party was in full swing when I arrived. Everyone was glad to see me, except Tortano. What held you up? No party at all without the three of us together, eh, John? Gosh, no. Hi, Dick boy. We thought you weren't coming. Got to have the old team together before the fun starts. Right, hope. Look, you chaps, come closer. I have a bit of news to tell you. Ray, Ray, you should have to be there. Shoot. What is it, Ray? It's like this. Tortano's about to spring a surprise on us. <laughs> Killing. You know how tight this to the old goat is. Well, he wants to do something for his prize grabs. Nothing extravagant. Just a weekend at this place, or something like that. What place? I don't know exactly. Couldn't be his small room at the university, so it must be his other place. The one on the island? Yes, yes, I, I suppose you're right. The, the island? Gosh, you really think he'll take us out there? I don't know of anyone who's ever seen it. Now, don't let on. I told you about it. Wow, Tortano's Island Retreat. They say no one else has ever been on the island, and that he spends his weekends out there all alone. Doing what, I wonder? Oh, I don't know. If he's working on something, why go way out there? Why not at the university? Fellas, there's something about that island you should know. Oh, uh, steady, Dick. Here comes that lovely thing you're engaged to. Oh, hi, Gloria. Hi. What took you so long, Dick? I was afraid you weren't coming. You knew I would, Gloria. <laughs> Don't talk. Just dance with me. Mmm. Nice to be in your arms again, sir. Yeah. Uh, where's your mother? In the kitchen fixing refreshments. <laughs> Dr. Tortano's helping. Oh. Hey, Dick, aren't you drinking? What? Oh, sure. What you got, John? You can have it. Mm, scotch and soda? <laughs> Boy, are you expensive. Okay, coming up. Huh. Gloria. Yeah? Gloria. Uh, what is it, Tom? I don't know how to say it. I still have my internship, and there won't be much money. Don't talk, just dance. I'll be married as soon as you like. Oh, darling. I love you so much. I say, break it up, you two. You'd think you were the only ones at this party. 
you don't mind, I'm cutting in. Oh, Ray. Take your hands off this charming wench, Richard. She's mine for a spell. And thanks for the loaner, fellow. <laughs> All right, Ray. But uh, only for one dance. Uh, the lady is reserved. Oh, boy, does he expect service. Not only fix his drink, but got to bring it to him. Thanks, John. Uh, and just in time, here comes Tortano out of the kitchen. I think he's ready to talk. Yeah, looks as if he's had a few, too. My friends, my friends, may I have it quiet for a few moments? I'd like to make an announcement. I'll give you a proper introduction, Doctor. <coughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you a man whose reputation as a doctor of medicine and experimental scientist has astounded the medical profession. Our faithful instructor these past four years, the man of the hour, Dr. Peter Tortonic. <laughs> thank you, thank you, my friends. It has been a most difficult year for all of us. Oh, we have worked hard and accomplished much. Now I think it is time to propose a little holiday. <laughs> so I am inviting you as my house guests for the weekend. There is plenty of room, ten bedrooms, ten baths, three stories, plenty of space for everyone. Wait a minute. Where is this place? What's the matter, Crane? What are you suspicious of? Where is your place, Doctor? 30 miles from here. There's a swimming pool, a tennis court, golf course. Where is it? Oh, Dick, please well, don't be rude. Quite all right, my dear. He has a right to know, and uh, it's on an island 20 miles off the coast. An island? Ideal for relaxation. I assure you every detail for your comfort has been attended to. I'll bet it has. Well, you can count me out. That's oh, four years of hell with you. You'll never make a four in one weekend. Goodbye. So sorry, Dr. Tortano. Dick's been studying too hard. He didn't mean what he said. Of course not, of course not. He'll change his mind. The boat leaves at four tomorrow afternoon. I know he won't want to miss our last party together. I knew Tortano better than the others. This was no idle plan. Tortano never wasted time in relaxation. He often said, you have to make every minute count if you want to achieve success. I finally went to my room and asleep. Hello? Dick, what the hell's wrong? You still in bed? Huh? What's the time? Noon, Friday. You'd better get moving. Oh. Don't forget the tennis racket. I told you I'm not... Since, old chap, we've all decided it'll be loads of fun. Just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Gloria... Gloria? Must... Yes, she's going along. She'll... She's right here. Put her case. on. Yes, sure. Cheerio, old man. Hi, darling. Tack, we're going to have a glorious weekend. Gloria, you listen to me. Oh, Dick, we need some fun together. Now, if you're going to be an old killjoy, I'll just hate you. Gloria... Tortano is no generous soul. If he invited us out there, he's got a damn good reason. Oh, please say yes, darling. Ray and John want to go. And if we accept, that will make five. And Dr. Tortano's manservant wants us to make six. What could possibly happen with six of us there? But I... I can see your mind's made up. Oh, then you go. Oh, Dick, that's great. I didn't say I'd oh, go. Now, I... don't be stuffy. Well, all right. Your heart's set on it. Oh, you won't be sorry. Bye, darling. Yeah. See you, Dockside. Cortano stood in the bow of the boat like some self-satisfied pine tiger. Rain clouds were gathering for a squall as 
The motor launch streamed through billowing waves toward an island looming on the horizon. It was growing dark. A faint light flickered among giant trees taking form in the distance. We landed about six. It was pitch black. But I could tell by the flashlights that we were surrounded by massive oak trees laden with Spanish moss. We followed Tortano down a gravel path toward a large brick structure taking shape in the gloom. The storm broke as we reached the veranda. Tortano led us into a stately parlor where Wattis, the West Indian manservant, began to stack our luggage neatly in a corner. Wattis was a short, weather-beaten little man who never removed the black Quaker hat from his head. He kept glancing back, as if he suspected something were creeping up behind him. Well, here we are, all safe and sound. Bedrooms are on the second floor. I suggest you freshen up and meet in the banquet hall promptly at eight for supper. Even though we had just arrived, a feeling of uneasiness began to reach the others. There were ten bedrooms, divided evenly by a hall running the length of the building. I selected one across the hall from Gloria. I just shut the door when someone knocked. Uh, Dick, may I come in? Oh, uh, yes, Ray. Here's your grip, old man. Want us brought them all upstairs. Mind if I join you? No, I don't. Yeah. Palace fit for a king. Looks like one of those plantations you see in the flicks. But this cost the old boy a pretty penny. You know, I've been wondering, Dick, where Tortano got the money to buy this place. I believe he inherited something from his father. Since he didn't make it himself. Might have. He's a capable man, Ray. He's a doctor, an experimental scientist. Enough money in that, I suppose. Well, uh, ever since the Gaylord oh, case... They, they never proved anything. Tortano didn't do that. Well, there was no reason for her to die. Even I could have saved her. Dick, don't hold something that may not be true against anyone. I'm not. It's just a suspicion. Tortano... Knows you suspect him. I don't give a damn what he... Very well. So you dislike each other. Uh, Forget it. Let's get ready for supper, Ray. Meet you downstairs. Right, Al. If it's any consolation, I'm with you on one thing, though. What's that? This weekend out here... Yeah? Can't put my finger on it. But I don't think it was planned for fun. My friends, I'd like to make a little speech. (laughs) Excuse me. I am not much with words. Just a grumpy little man of medicine. Uh, But I always mean well. Now it's been a long and tedious course these past four years. It isn't easy to become a doctor, and the hard part is yet to come for the graduates, that of internship, where you learn to weigh the actual values. Where one slip of the scalpel can mean death or a hideous malfunction of the body or the mind. I welcome you to my island estate. You deserve a rest. So make merry and cast the cares of the world aside. Now to bed, children. To bed. Tomorrow will be a day of tennis, swimming, and fun making. This will be a weekend you'll remember for the rest of your lives. Aren't you sleepy? No. Come in. My bedroom is across the hall. I just wanted to say good night. Please do. Gloria. Darling, I love you so much. Let's be married right away. <laughs> Dick, you're so impetuous. <laughs> but I accept. Good. 
Are you comfortable here? Oh, my, yes. Private bath and all. So you have a telephone, too. All the bedrooms must have them. Well, better leave and let you get some rest. I'll lock your door when I leave. All right. Thanks for dropping in. Good night, Gloria. Dick? Yes? Lock your door, too. Oh, come now. This is a weekend of fun and relaxation, remember? Don't laugh at me, Dick. I'm really just playing it safe. Oh, sure. Good night, darling. Good night, Dick. And please, lock it. I don't know how long I've been asleep. It must have been several hours. Something had brushed against my bedroom door. The sound made me sit straight up in bed. Then I heard something else. (laughs) I thought someone was in trouble. Who's out there? Whatever it was, it stopped outside my bedroom door. I turned on the lamp, jumped out of bed, and bolted toward the door. The hall was empty. No sign of anything or anyone. Was it possible I imagined this? When I turned to close my door, I saw it. A dark form bobbing in a doorway at the end of the hall. I say, Dick, is that you? It was Ray Stapleton. Strange sound I just heard. My blood, Dick, did you hear it too? Hey, hey, you guys. What's going on around here? Who was strangled? Wow, what a gagging cough. What's the matter? Is anything wrong? Gentlemen, gentlemen. What's the commotion about? You're disturbing the entire household. Now, hold on, Doctor. We were just trying to find out who was doing all that coughing here in the hall a moment ago. Coughing? Nonsense. Must be your imaginations. You're all here, and you look mighty well to me. Wait a minute. Where's Wantus? He's missing. He could be the one. Wantus is standing directly behind you, John. Is there trouble, Master? No, Wantus. Nothing at all. Now go back to your bedroom and remain there the rest of the night. Do you understand? Back? To bedroom? Yes, immediately. I, master, want us not come out again. Good night, master. But Dr. Tortano, the coughing. Strictly imagination, I tell you. But I heard it, doctor, and so did the others. There's no one else on this island. So just who do you think it might be? Yes. I see what you mean. Imagination is a powerful thing. So much so that under certain conditions, strong stimuli and compel you to think you have actually experienced something that didn't happen at all. Remember, this is the 20th century. We're not in the Dark Ages. No skeletons in the closet or secret wall panels. Return to your rooms, please. Good night, children. I didn't sleep the rest of that night. I'm certain the others didn't either. They were losing their enthusiasm for the weekend. The next morning, after breakfast, I went for a walk on the beach with Gloria. It wasn't long before Ray and John called Hello, up with us. Hello, Dick. I want to talk to you. Hi, fellas. You sleep well? Don't rub it in, Dick. Gosh, no. We in the first place. That's what we wanted to... You'd like to give up and go home today. Is that what you mean? Yes, and all you're making it devilishly difficult. Now, I, I think we might still salvage a sporting town here. After all, nothing's really happened. But... There's been dissension at this party ever since it started. And now there's a feeling of unpleasantness. We can't leave the island. Wantus took the boat back to the mainland this morning for emergency repairs. And he won't be back until tomorrow. He did. Wantus has the only boat. There's no other way back to shore. So we just have to make the best of it. Dick, I'm with you. I don't think I like old Tortano. Fine kettle of fish. The island's the kettle and we're the fish. And Tortano's the fisherman. Break it up. 
Let's go back to the house. I have a hunch. I think we'll soon know what this is all about. Tortano spent the day rechecking his notes and shaking his head. I didn't think him capable of feeling alarm, but his composure was rapidly leaving him. We swam a little and played some tennis. By evening, a cloud burst made a valiant attempt to wash the little island out to sea. After supper, a worried Tortano summoned us to the library. As we gathered, he stood up with an air of uncertainty and started to speak. I wish I could charm you with a graceful speech and make you laugh when I grow tired of talking. I haven't been altogether honest with any of you. I brought you here on the pretext of having a wonderful weekend. That was only partly true. All right, Doctor. Tell us the truth. You would better listen to me. There may not be much more time. Last night at supper, I gave you all a powerful stimulant. I tried to magnify your powers of imagination to the point where fantasy could be made reality by varying the dosages given each of you. The one coming closest to fulfilling the experiment would give me the correct formula balance. An overdose affects the respiratory system in such a way that the victim has periods of convulsive coughing of which he is completely unaware. Twenty-four hours after the onset of coughing, the victim goes mad. And if my notes are correct... God forgive me, I didn't mean to go this far. Yes, Doctor? If my notes are correct, the victim may become physically anything he might imagine. The coughing started last night. I can't decide at the moment who may have gotten the overdose. I am also suspect, as I too took the drug, there are no guns on the island, no telephone or radio transmitter, and no way to get back to the mainland tonight. So we'll have to remain here. Go singly to your rooms. Bolt yourselves in. Don't open the doors for anyone. Your lives will depend on it. I'm afraid, my children, that before morning, we may have a madman among us. We locked ourselves in our bedrooms and waited. The others agreed with me. Tortano was insane to invent such a fantastic story. He was the one we should be protected from. We were completely at his mercy. Our only chance was to humor him until Wattis returned with the boat and escaped to the mainland. I must have fallen asleep. The storm had subsided to a whisper. Something had awakened me. What it was, I don't know. I lay there in the dark, scarcely breathing, waiting. There was no sound of any kind. Could I have imagined it? Maybe I should get up and look. Perhaps... Something was waiting for me to go back to sleep before attacking. But what? Nothing could have come into my room. And yet, somehow, I felt the presence of something out in the hall. Just some sound, some clue as to what it might be. All I could do was lie here and wait for an unknown thing to happen at any moment. I waited and listened. I knew it was out there. Then, there it was. My trying to scratch open my bedroom door. I reached for a bronze poker on the night table, got out of bed, and tiptoed to the door. It was on the other side. I could hear breathing. Don't open the door, I told myself. Just outside, waiting for me to do that. Even with a poker, I might be no match. Then, it occurred to me that it wouldn't be waiting unless it knew a way into my bedroom. Of course, it was coming in to get me. What about Gloria across the hall? Had it already been there? 
I decided to act. You, out there. I'm opening this door. If you're still there, I'll kill you. What's that? All lights are out. Pitch black. Something padded off on four feet. God, smells like a cat. It's so dark, I can't see my hand before my face. Got to get across the hole to Gloria. Judging by the way it bounded off, it must be at least 15 feet away. Only the flashlight. Can't see a thing. Easy does it now. Keep the poker swinging in a circle. I should keep it from creeping up on me. Here's Gloria's door. Gloria, open your door. Is that you, Dick? For God's sake, yes, hurry. Are you all right, darling? I think so. What's the matter, Dick? The thing. It's right across the hall. The thing? Yes. Whatever it is, it's after us. I was afraid it might have tried to get you. Quick, your phone. Where is it? Right by the bed. Oh. What are you doing? All the others. The one who doesn't answer is out there. Some creature. Some more light. Oh, yes. Really now. It's the middle of the night. Ray, something's wrong. You okay? Yes, I'm quite all right. Good. Meet me in the library in five minutes. Ah, Ray's not the one. Try John next. Maybe. Hello? John, you all right? Oh, hi, Dick. Sure, why? Can't talk now. Meet me in the library in five minutes. Hmm. Pretty well cinch, is it? Has to be Tortana is the only one left. If he doesn't answer, we'll know. Hello, Tortana here. Oh, no. And who can it be? They're all accounted for. Who the devil is this? Dick Crane, Doctor. Meet me in the library in five minutes. Are you crazy? Stay in your room and keep it all up. There's something fishy, and I'm going to find out who's behind it. Now, you be there. If any harm comes to my friends, I'll kill you. We're not safe to get in the library. And I don't believe a word of your wild story. It's true. One of you tried to scratch open my door. You imagined it, Dick. Here we all are, as chipper as ever. Pretty obvious whatever was supposed to happen hasn't yet. It happened to someone. Impossible. We're all still sane. There's no one else on the island. This took place in your mind, Dick. Now let's all go back to our rooms and try to get through the night. Uh, I'm wasting my time with you. All right, I'll stay with Gloria and protect her. But you'd better lock your doors because someone is going to try them. Say, Dick is certainly overwrought. He couldn't have been right, though, since we're all so healthy. Dangerous situation now standing here together. Let's return to our rooms. Well, maybe nothing will happen. It could start momentarily. I strongly advise separating immediately. Wait. Hold out your hands. What? I just remembered. It's been 24 hours. There is a certain symptom at this time. The victim's fingernails will have a bluish tinge. We can tell who it is. Quick, look at your hands. Hold them out. What do you see? You're a mind, Doctor. Uh Hmm? Normal. Uh, are, are mine okay? Mm. Yes, yes. What about yours, Doctor? Take a close look. I'd say they're all right. That means... Good Lord, it's Dick or Gloria. They've gone to Gloria's room together. We've got a moment to lose. Come quickly with me. Oh, 
It was Gloria. Don't look, Ray. I tried to stop her. No. no that couldn't be Gloria. Not our beautiful Gloria. Whatever it is, it's in peace at last. Sarah's Tortano. Throat clawed out. As if by a lion. just heard Macabre, a special Far East Network presentation. In our cast were John Dewey, Shirley Ashey, Walt Sheldon, William Verdier, Milton Radmilovich, and Air Force Sergeant Bob Eddy. Technical supervision by Hiroshi Ono. This is Air Force Sergeant Al LePage speaking. Macabre was written and directed by William Verdier. comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Nightfall. Yeah, walk right in. Just walk right in. Like he owned the place. And first thing, right off, he starts asking about them. About them? I know it. I told you so. I told you we could never keep it quiet. Started right away asking where's their farm. How's the missus taking it? Most of all, he says, what about him? What's he like since he, uh, uh... Since he done it. Since it happened. You never told him where they lived, did you? <laughs> Me? <laughs> Tell him? Let him find out if he can. Well, nobody tells him. He'll never find him way out there. Don't be a damn fool, Leroy. He can read a phone book, can't he? This fella, he a reporter. I never asked him. 
Give him a chance to ask me things if I did, wouldn't it? He is a reporter. I told you. I told you we could never keep it quiet. He'll be only the first. They'll be coming here from all over the country now it's gotten out. He never said he was a reporter. What else could he be? City fella, ask him all them questions. He'll only be the first. Somebody's talked. They'll be coming like flies to honey. Reporters, them TV crews, interviewing us. Not if we don't say nothing. And what kind of good will that do us now that they're starting to dig? We should talk now. Somebody's coming. Look. It's him. That's the one. Tell them the story our way. That way they don't find out what they mustn't, you see? Shut up. Uh, is this Patterson's store? That's what it says on the front. Well, hello again, Mr. Uh... Hurlbut. Ezra Hurlbut. Told you half an hour ago. I remembered you, Mr. Hurlbut. And you're Mrs. Puttister. Ella May Puttister. And you're... Uh... Cliff Martin. Pleased to meet you. And this here's Leroy Gant. Hi. I guess Mr. Hurlbut's told you I'm interested in finding out a bit about a man called uh, George Sanox. You do know him? Yeah. And he lives around here with his family? If you say so. Well, is it true? Did he do what they say? Did he? Who told you? Hey, Roy. Maybe you better ask him yourself, Mr. Martin. The rest of us, we just hear things, same as you do. Mrs. Puttister, there's nothing I'd like better, but uh, there's just one problem. Everybody I ask gets real vague about where the Sanix farm is. I'm beginning to think George Sanix doesn't live anywhere. <laughs> I'm afraid that's about the size of it. Mr. Uh, your name was... Uh... Martin. Help you if I spelled it? Two miles straight ahead, Mr. Martin. Left at the crossroads and left again at the lake. Can't miss it. Oh, bless you, Mrs. Puttister. I promise I'll give your store a real boost. You some kind of reporter, maybe? Yes. TV, eh? Newspaper. Oh, the papers. Yes, but if I find out what happened here is true, why, Mrs. Puddister, there'll be TV cameras everywhere, and I guarantee it. My, my. Yes, thank you for your kind help, too, gentlemen. Oh, while I think of it, does anybody know a room for rent in the neighborhood? I might need to be here for a few days. Uh, nearest motel is in Dungarth. Seventy miles back the way you came. Oh, yeah, look, i tell you what, Mrs. Puddister, if you hear of anything, will you let me know? I surely will. Bye now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Tell me, you told him where the Sanixes was. Yeah, she's likely right, Leroy. Once they start poking around like this, there's no way we can just run them out of town. Maybe we can arrange a few problems for them. Leroy Gant, don't you dare. I suppose you just leave the ideas to us, Leroy. When the time comes for action, we'll tell you, okay? Oh, okay. Anyway, bet you anything that guy gets one look at George Sanix and runs off screaming. Don't bet on it. What we all got to do now is build a fence around Martin like he was an animal. Watch everything he does. Head him off if he starts digging too deep. Right, Alamay? Penny for your thoughts, Alamay. Uh, uh, oh, nothing. 
was just wool gathering. I heard you all right. How are we going to watch him then? You and me and Leroy here, we got the same party line on the telephone. So? And so does Brunner. Uh-huh. And Mark Brunner's house looks right down on the Sanix farm. I see. The four of us can cover Martin wherever he goes. Five. Huh? Old Feather, the operator. Good for you, Leroy. Feather will be part of it, too. Here's everything. Knows everybody. Perfect. There'll be others who'll want in, too. The whole town will be in it with us. But we call the signals, and we decide. Ezra, you got yourself a deal. This town's got itself a deal. Martin's surrounded. What's he going to do? <laughs> Get blood from a stone? Ugh. What the hell's the matter with you? Blood from a stone? George Sanix knows how. Mr. Sanox, my name is Cliff Martin. I'm here on business to see George Sanox. My husband can't see anyone. He's been very ill. Yes, I understand, Mrs. Sanox, but you see... Sanox, you're from away. Uh, yes, but I'm here as a friend. I guess you probably realize why I've come. You're prying on what you've heard. It's, it's a mistake. It's a lie, so you go away. Uh, Mrs. Sanox, believe me, I'm not here to make trouble for anyone. Of course, it's a mistake. These rumors can't be true, but if you won't let me in to talk to him, there'll be 20 guys like me here the day after tomorrow. A hundred next week. And wouldn't you rather have it over with before a, a small army descends on your family? Come in and see for yourself. Mrs. Sanis, how would like the to the door. Knock on it. Beg your pardon? Knock. Louder. You're not paralyzed, you know. Mary, you come out this minute, you hear? Now, th th there's a Mr. Martin to see your dad on important business. You come out right now. Why, Mother dear, I'm so sorry. How do you do, Mr. Martin? Well, uh, hi, Sari. Now, I, I hope you're not going to add you're from away like everybody else. <laughs> that depends. Are you a reporter? Uh, yes, I am. Good. That will make things much more interesting. We're all going to be famous, aren't we, Mother? You go outside. Go on, get... Is the door unlocked? Why, so it is. You must have been magic indeed to get her to do that, Mr. Martin. I know. I'll call you Prince Martin. But, of course, you are handsomer than the neighbors. Most of them, anyway. Very. You know, my mother appreciates handsome men. She has very good taste. Get out. Whatever you say, dear mother. I'll see you soon, Prince Martin. I think I have an unusual task to set you. Princes have to perform tasks, don't they? Well, uh, yeah, they try. I want you to put a wide-awake beauty to sleep. Forever. Better go in there now. Oh, and Prince, when you see Daddy, <laughs> don't jump. Go in now. Um, 
Willard, after you, ma'am. No, I don't go in there. Terry takes in his food, what he eats of it. Go on. Uh, Mr. Senex, I'm sorry my, my eyes aren't used to the dark. Close the door. What? Close it. Oh, yes, of course. Forgive me, Mr. Senex. I... Oh, my God. Please don't be frightened, Mr. Martin. <laughs> Almost everybody is, you know. I am. Uh, I, I... Come sit down here by me. Sorry it's so dim, but the light hurts my eyes, you know. I'm sorry you, you've been so ill, sir. Haven't been. Mr. Martin... I haven't much patience for preliminaries and dancing around, so just you never mind them. You just say straight out what I know you want to say anyway. Mr. Sanix, how does it feel to come back from the dead? So, it's coming out at last. Oh, of course it would. How'd you hear about it? Not from folks round here, surely. No, the, the doctor from Dungarth. Uh, not one of us. No, that there was no one closer to really. Pronounce me dead, and then alive. And were you? Dead. I am. How long were you, um, like that? Three days, they tell me, for the visit and the wake and all. Oh, and the day in my grave. Four days? Uh, how did you get out of the grave when you, uh, came, came back? Didn't they tell you? I'd rather hear you tell it. Well, my daughter, Sari, there, she was real cut up about my death. Well, yes, of course, your family. My of course, daughter, Sari, she was grieving. Stayed right by my grave the whole night before, they say. When I uh, found myself back. Well, I started banging on the coffin lid and she run and fetched the sexton. He was digging another grave close by for Maisie Angus's funeral that afternoon. So he got me up pretty quick. All that earth, you couldn't have been buried very... Far down? No. Thin topsoil over rock up here. Hard ground in winter. They leave us in the shed till spring melting. Us? You know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> at least now I know what to think. Mr. Sanix, you were in a coma, a very deep one. 
life signs are often completely undetectable. I can tell you cases I've run across. No. Well, how can you be sure? I know. Look, let's start from the beginning. I think I can make it clear to you. Now, the doctor told me you were face down in the water trough in your barn. Now, you must have slipped, struck your head on something, and fallen in. You remember hitting your head. Mr. Sannox? You remember hitting your head? Mr. Sennett? I told you about coming back. I won't talk about my death. Not anyway at all. But why? It's... kind of hard to explain, but... when you've been dead, you don't ever want to hurt nobody ever again. But why would you want to... I'm sorry, I don't understand. Ah, Mr. Martin. Sir. You gotta wait till you've been dead yourself. And you'll understand. What? What? Party line. Long and short as us. Do you mind taking it while Sari's out? Uh, no, 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 of course not. The Sanex house? Oh, Mr. Martin, just the man I wanted to talk to. It's Ella May Puddister. Oh, yes, yes. Mr. Martin, the strangest coincidence. I remember you wanted a room to rent, and I was wishing our extra room at the store wasn't reserved already. When what do you think happened? Your guest canceled out. Oh, you're just a mind reader, Mr. Martin. The room's free now if you'd like it. Well, you know, a minute ago I thought I'd be going back tonight, but, uh, well, something's happened to change my mind. I'd be delighted to stay with you. Wonderful. I'll get the room ready. See you soon. Bye. You know something, Mr. Sannox? No. I'm going to bust this little conspiracy of silence wide open. Are you? No chain is stronger than its weakest link, and I think I've just found which one's going to give. That's so. Mr. Martin, if you keep on prying... And if I do? Churchyard's going to be full soon. I'm on the line. Zeta, you sure Anna May can't hear us? As for Hurlbut, are you suggesting I've been operating this exchange for 40 years and can't hear the sneaky click when somebody's eavesdropping on the line, are you? Sorry, Zeta. Well, I should just hope so. Of course, Ella May can't hear us. Why are you so keen? She shouldn't. She's in on this. I don't trust her. She's sucking up to that reporter. Did you know she's rented him a room up at the store? She what? Leroy, just you calm down. Of course she has, Ezra. I listened in when she called Martin at the Sanexes. Can you think of a better way to keep him under her eye all the time? No, but... And whenever he's out, she can search his room, intercept messages, everything. I still don't like it. Me neither. You men are so stupid. Mark, 
You watching the farm? Like a hawk. Martin, talk with Sherry. Um, maybe inside a bit. Don't know. Sherry bounced out in a real huff a couple of minutes after Martin got there. Oh, keep Martin away from Sherry. She knows too much. Oh, what the hell can a kid know? Ezra's right, Mort. She's been saying real funny things about her mother all over town. Mm, damn. Everybody know about Martin by now? Everybody except Cal. We can't tell Cal. Lord, Jesus, don't nobody tell Cal. Well, he'll find out for sure. Not from me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. Not no me. way. Here's an extra blanket, Mr. Martin. Nights get pretty nippy up here, even in summer. Thanks, Mrs. Puddister. Mr. Martin, if this Sanix thing gets really big, will I be on TV? <laughs> but in your case, Mrs. Puddister, I can guarantee it. Only nobody must know I was the first to say. No word of honor. Yes. Well... Why don't people want to talk about? This is, well, it's, it's a God-fearing community. Isn't a miracle something to be proud of? Not this one. But why? Because it isn't. Mr. Martin, the good Lord brought Lazarus out of the tomb as a comfort to them that was grieving for him. And George Sanix? He come back for vengeance. For what? He come back to get her for what she'd done to him. She? His wife, Lucy. She and her man, Cal Tompkins. They killed him. They must have. Else why is he back? That should be resting in the graveyard. Tell me that. Oh, for heaven's sake, Mrs. Bannister, I ain't I... done yet. When they pulled George Sanix out of that water trough, there was a cut on his head. Round the back. Way round the back. He hid on the ledge when he fell. Forwards into the water. He fell forwards. Everyone has seen him say so. Well, then why didn't anyone go to the police? You don't know Cal Tompkins, do you? No. A place like this, Mr. Martin, the police is a long ways away. And Cal Tompkins is close. Real close. Besides, they never could have proved anything. These days, they catch murderers red-handed and the lawyers get them off. We know. We see it on the TV news. There'd be a lot of noise and reporters like you and you'd all go away again. And we'd be alone with Cal Tompkins, see? Yes. Yes, I do. Now I begin to see why the rest of you keep quiet. Until it got out. I told them it would. Now whatever happens will happen to you too. Sherry is talking to him. She's been seen with Martin twice. What's she saying? can't tell. What does she know? Who knows? What if George tells him about how we... Cal! Cal! They! They! 
What if George tells him how Cal and them killed him at the water, the water trough? George isn't talking. I don't know why, but he won't tell. What do we do about Sarah? Get Cal. Cal is afraid of Sarah. Even Cal? I've been watching you, Prince Detective. You're doing very well. well. No, not really. Apparently, everybody for 20 miles around believes Cal Tompkins murdered... Um, tried to murder your father. The only witness was the victim himself. He won't talk. But he doesn't need to. All he has to do is kill them. He doesn't seem to be in a very killing frame of mind, Sarah. He's afraid to go back to the grave as a murderer. But I'll protect him. If he dies again, I'll bring him back again, just like the last time. Sari, what are you saying? I brought Daddy back so he could kill them. I called and called, and at last I heard his fists on the coffin. Oh, but Prince Martin, he won't do it. He wants to go back there with clean hands. He hates it here. He'd kill himself, only he knows I'd drag him back again. Oh, help me, Prince Martin. Please help me. Make him kill them. Mr. Martin? Hmm? Yeah. I'm going out for a bit. If the phone rings... Uh, three long ones short, I know. Don't answer it. Then why not? Don't you want messages taken? Just don't answer. Okay? See ya. Now it's phone secrets. This place is not only criminal, it's crazy enough to cover a mass murder plea. Maybe it'll need to... I don't know why I shouldn't eavesdrop. Every curtain in every window twitches when I walk down the street. Cliff, baby, let's two you play, I spy. Softly now. By fire, I said. Why by fire? What else will get rid of him? If they kill him any other way, she'll bring him back. Fire's clean. Wait a minute. What is it? Thought I heard something. Nothing. When does it happen? In about an hour. Better be no blunders this time. There won't. Four walls soaked all around. He'll go like a torch. Zeta, huh. there's someone else on the line. Cut, cut the... Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Get an earful. Mrs. Puddister, they're going to try... I know. That's why I told you not to answer. Just to make sure you would. Just like I warned you. Now you're involved in it, too. The hell I am. I can go up there and stop them. Can, but won't. Why won't I? Because there's more of them? Nah, because you know he wants to go and stay when he gets there. You really do hate him. 
You all hate him. Nah. First time he was just in Cal's way. Then when he came back, he was going to bring the whole country down around our ears. You any idea what a hundred nosy reporters find in a place like this once they start looking? I do now. Well, there you are. You look through that window there. You'll see the red light over them trees. He was the only good man here. Well, why do you think we're burning him? remaining. Full stop, new paragraph. Grieving neighbors were still combing ruins for the remains of Sanox and rallying round to comfort his widow, Lucy Sanox, as only communities like this know how. Full stop. Regional police, meanwhile, have issued an APB. What? Um, all points bulletin. In their search for the Sanox missing daughter, Siri. Yeah, S-A-R-E-Y. A spokesman for police said they did not believe the 15-year-old girl was implicated in the suspected arson, but may be wandering somewhere in the area in a state of shock. Full stop, and that's the end. You think you got it, Chris? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow afternoon if I drive most of the night. Uh-huh. Mm, see ya. You leaving us then, Mr. Martin? Afraid so, Mrs. Puddister. Will you be doing more stories like this, then? I don't think so. I've applied for the transfer to the foreign desk. Well, ain't that something? Where'll you be going? Well, if I get it, now that I know Canada a little better... Yeah? Maybe I'll be asking for the Middle East. Well, that's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. Or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. And if you want to drop me a line, give me a suggestion, a request, a even a critique, feel free to email me at Radio Show Nerd at gmail.com and I also have a YouTube page Terra Radio please check it out, subscribe like the videos, highly appreciate it again, this is your host Keith aka the Radio Show Nerd 13 Days and Counting signing off